Hello, and welcome to Imagine Me and You Rikuma. I am Panda. I am your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Alice. How are you, Alice? I'm doing just all right. And we are also here with Cass. Hi, Cass. Hello. And Abby. Hey. And we are here to finish up volume one of the Yuri Bear Storm manga. And we are starting with chapter seven. So um, you know, how we how we feeling? I like chapters seven and eight actually. I'm excited for this. Yeah, we're getting into more of the meat of some of the series, mm-hmm. I think, with this with these chapters. Well, uh, if we have nothing else to say, Cass, why don't you tell me about chapter seven of Yuri Kuma Arashi? Are you all ready for some broken perception lore dump? Because I am ready for some broken perception lore dump. All day, every day. So chapter seven begins with every single one. Ginko has basically a flashback to herself talking to her mother, and it confirms that like part of her perception that everything in the world is bears. Everyone thinks they're humans or birds or whatever, but they're all just bears. Is because her mother has told her that her family are descendants of bear forest royalty, and they can see what the world really is. Somebody help Ikuhara. Like... <laughs> I, I, I do have questions about Ikuhara sometimes. And this is either a very, very powerful delusion on her part or a very weird reality because she perceives the birds as having little bear faces. Like, that's the level of... Literally everything is bears. Yes. So Ginko kind of asks uh, her aunt Yurieka permission for Lulu and Kureha to stay with the larger group. And Yuriek is like, nah, well, the door re- repairs will be finished soon. It basically turns into a little argument where the two of them go back and forth, and Yurieka finally just goes, I don't actually mind, but what about your mom? At which point Ginko just plays the, I'm, my mom definitely doesn't care what's going on with me. Card. Which, I mean, we will find out later is... Kind of justified. Pretty pretty on the nose, honestly. Yep. Uh, Yurieka just finally goes like, I'm going to talk to your mom. So that's how that conversation more or less ends. But Yurieka does remind Ginko, hey, just because you really like Lulu and Kareha, don't tell them that they're bears. Panda's notes here say, is Ginko okay? No. No. I think the definitive answer as of this chapter is Ginko is not okay. I don't think Ginko's ever been okay. Ginko is dealing with some shit. Uh, we do get very cute little bear Ginko and bear Yurieka pictures, though. They are very cute. So Ginko goes to school. The uh, student council, uh, life prez, and I guess life vice prez and life treasurer, I'm not even sure what their positions are, <laughs> uh, show up and, yeah, just, <laughs> just go like, hey, why, you shouldn't have skipped school, and she responds, she had a family matter to deal with, and kind of implies that, like, the, re- the only reason people, other people don't see the world the way she sees it 
is that they actively choose not to see the world that way because they do not want to see themselves as terrifying bears, which is a blatant lie because these are not frightening bears. They are adorable Yurikuma bears. The art is undercutting this at every turn. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, they're just like cute teddy bear mascots that have sharp teeth, but shark that only teeth. adds to the appeal. I was going to point out the sharp teeth. Like, the teeth are a lot more pronounced than this, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they have the sharp teeth in the anime. I think you just don't see them as much. Well, that's because of the anime. They actually are scary once or twice. <laughs> I mean, in the anime, Ginkgo literally eats someone more than once. So you know what? I think this is a downgrade. <laughs> so we get kind of like a little more information. Ginkgo's mother apparently told her that, you know, people only see what they want to see. Even if they live in a transient world, if many people wish to fool themselves, that will become their new reality. That is a very weirdly phrased thing, and I think that is like the exact phrasing this translation of the manga uses, which... Wouldn't it make more sense to say because people live in a transient world, if they wish to fool themselves, that will become their reality? The whole point of being transient is that it's the shape is not determined. Well, transient is more about, like, you know, passing through space, right? Like, it's more like, I think, I'm even thinking of ephemeral. Like, transient's like you're not staying in any one place. Like, I guess, yeah, Yeah. there's no real form to it. It is a strange choice of words. I can't figure out why that would be how that... I can't even figure out what they would have been using there. This is one of those cases where I really would love to... Japanese. Yeah, I would love to have had access to the original Japanese to see what's being translated. I guess it's like this idea that... It's like... The the transient world, like, there's no... It doesn't really... I mean, everything's transient if you go out that way, but there's something especially, like, fleeting about the bear world, maybe? That's the only thing I can think of. But even then, like, the, using transient tracks, it's the, the fact that she, the way this is written, it sounds like, it sounds like they kind of garbled the translation a little because intuitively the way this would make sense is to say, like, because we live in a transient world, a world that is constantly moving and changing, if yeah. people wish to fool themselves, it will, that's what the new reality will be. Rather, rather than, like, even if we live in a transient world. Maybe the idea is that, like, people's perceptions aren't normally this rigid, but because they're so fooled, they've kind of made them that way. It's the only way that I can make sense of that. I'm very confused, though. I think the TLDR is, like, she idealizes Kreha. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. No, just definitely. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We do know that why Ginko isn't telling them is she's very... is that... Multiple people in Ginko's life are scared, including to an extent Ginko, are scared that Kureha will reject her, or others in general will reject her if Mm -hmm. if she explains about the bear world. Uh, But Ginko notes that Kureha is not, in fact, a bear. She is a real human girl, at least from Ginko's perspective. And... We get a little scene of Ginko hugging Kureha and just like, I'm so happy you're human. What else would I be, Ginko? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Ginko desperately wants to tell Kureha about everything, down to, you know, being a bear. And she, in fact, knows that Kureha will accept her because she, early in the manga, did have that brief period where she believed Ginko was a space bear. So, you know what? Valid. <laughs> 
So Ginko fills Koreha in on the whole, you know, moving in situation and how Eureka is talking to her mom. And apparently you're by that what's meant is Eureka isn't just calling Ginko's mom. She's going to visit her. Yes. Which we know now that that's not a uh, trivial distance to cross. So no. Kureha goes like, wow, your ink is going pretty far for us. It's a pretty understandable response. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ginko's like, nah, that, that was just probably an excuse for her to go visit. Which I guess we, we're given the impression that Ginko's family at no point is hurting for money. Uh, yeah, they are absolutely filthy, stinking rich. Yeah. So rich, Jesus. Yep. Uh, we are reading about the 1% in this manga. <laughs> <laughs> 1% of the bears own 99% of the honey. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I need to make a joke somehow here about Winnie the Pooh entering the public domain, and I failed. <laughs> so, Eureka comes in, you know, says, hey, it's me. Gigo's mom's all, oh, what do you want? Well, I sent you a message, but you didn't read it. Uh, I need advice about Ginkgo. It's really important. And Ginkgo's mom is just like, but what if I kissed you instead? So I... <laughs> we learned two things here with a cutaway to Kureha and Ginkgo. First of all, these two are not blood sisters. They're in-laws. Not that they would stop Ikuhara, but you know, like, it's nice. <laughs> and the second thing we learned is is uh, Ginko is completely, probably knows exactly the nature of this relationship because she just says, if you really love someone, stuff like that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, so Yurieka and Ginko's mom are absolutely just, would it be fair to call this somehow on and off screen boning? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, we're about to see. Yeah, it it is a fairly... The way friend- that they interact with and approach each other in this scene which is the first that we are seeing of the two of them interact like there's a pre-established there is absolutely a pre-established thing here yeah not only is it a pre-established thing but like i want to say this scene is at least i thought it was like surprisingly explicit given that this is not a um It's definitely the most explicit scene in this volume of the manga. Yeah. Yeah, you see a bra, like, you know what's going on. And, you know, you can see Eureka's not wearing a top in, like, a few of the shots. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in fact, I think... Or both of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is about... Actually, like, you say the bra, I was actually thinking of the, uh, the the top right panel on the opposite page where... Yeah, it's fairly obvious she has lost the bra and is now laying on top of Ginko's mom. I will say there's something stark about the bra because it's like a black lacy thing. Like it's yeah, really it's very yeah. It is. It's this whole sequence is highly aesthetic at the same time as it's highly explicit. Mm-hmm. But it is very much like there is no ambiguity. These two are definitely doing it. Mm-hmm. Yep, and. Not only are they doing it, Yurieka is just kind of sitting here and going like, God damn it, this is not what I came here to do. And Kiko's mom is genuinely kind of surprised, which implies that this isn't even the first time this has happened. Yeah, like, she is definitely under the impression that 
Eureka came here for this reason, which even though she literally did her talking. It lends more to the idea that this is a pre-established relationship that they have going on. Not only is it pre-established, but there's kind of, to me, there's kind of an accompanying impression of like, given that Eureka is kind of like, ah, we weren't supposed to do this this time. It sounds an awful lot like this. This is an established pattern, not just of the two of them hooking up, but of the specific impetus being Eureka shows up to talk about something important and they end up having sex instead, which kind of tracks with the nature of their relationship. I think it's funny that no matter which version of Yurikuma is happening, Yurieka is always fucking somebody else's mom. Oh my god. Wow. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Really? That's that's the text, Alice. It's right there in front of us. I'm not gonna dispute that. It's just... Uh, She deserves better. I got so mad. Like, this is an abusive relationship. I will say that. Like she's like, it's it's just like a weird dynamic, and she's it's like, definitely toxic. Setting, yeah, she's not. Yeah, respect boundaries aren't being respected. Like mm. it's definitely consensual, like adult sex. Which wow, yeah. the Makuhara series, that's great. I but mean, look, abusive sex can be consensual. Exactly. Yeah, and that's definitely what's going on here. Yeah, given how we know the rest of the manga plays out. I have feelings about these two, but I will say that I don't I don't know how all of this plays out. I only know how some of this plays out because I haven't finished yet. Yeah. Um I have thoughts. I have thoughts about these two, but I kind of I will say that they have a weird kind of chemistry where well, I'll, you know, I'll save it for later because there's a, uh, this is something that's more going to be more interesting to talk about when we see more of their relationship and see where these two characters end up versus where they are now. Mm-hmm. Volume two. Volume two. So moving forward, having been surprised, probably not for the first time, to hear that Yurieka has come here for something other than a booty call. <laughs> Yurieka reiterates to Ginko's mom that she came here for advice about Ginko, and Ginko's mom's not initially worried, but asks if something has happened. Mm-hmm. Yurieka fills her in about friends moving into the house. Ginko's mom just goes like, yeah, why would that be a problem? Which, you know, fair. And Yurieka asks if she's sure and tells her one of the girls who would be moving in is Kureha Subaki. Panda, you've noted here that, like, the English translation of the manga translates Kureha's mom's name as Leia instead of Rhea. Mm. Yeah. That is actually probably a mistranslation, I'm gonna say. Yeah. Because for any other character, I would have maybe given benefit of the doubt here and assumed, like, well, you know, Yurikuma does do a lot of, like, weird nationality blending with its mm-hmm. characters and settings so curry has mom having a european first name wouldn't be super weird except that we know from this for this particular version of the manga we learn in like one of the next two chapters that curry has descended from like traditional japanese bear hunters we also know from other 
official translations of Yuri Kuma as an entity that the yeah. like the English dub of the anime translates it as Rhea. Rhea. So yeah. like I yeah, I assume it was a a transliteration error. Yeah, I'm I'm going to assume that too. Like this is one of those things where the uh the LR allophone probably screwed up the translator because if, especially if you think that Kureha is supposed to be, if Kureha's mom is not supposed to be like ethnically Japanese or mm-hmm. ethnically mixed, then it's a really easy mistake to make. But again, like I, it feels like the tra- the translator wasn't looking far enough ahead or didn't put two and two together there because the even if you've never re- read or looked up anything else about Yurikuma the traditional bear hunting thing probably should have been a little bit of a uh, a red flag there. Well, I don't know if you remember that last chapter, there was a full page where Ginko's name was translated as Rinko twice. And That's also true. That didn't even persist throughout the chapter. So I have to wonder, I know this is being published by tokyo pop i was just gonna say oh god that explains everything tokyo pop has not had the best uh reputation in the past i don't know anything about what their current business practices are but it would not seem out of the ordinary for like maybe they have multiple translators working on like any given chapter and perhaps there is not as much you can actually probably check that oversight you should be able to see the translators in the credits i yeah, yeah. i should i could probably check but i don't want to i don't yeah. want to go back we and won't forth lose our on the pages of of this manga but we can check after cuz we'll we'll finish the last chapter during this episode so i could go back and look uh at the beginning but i definitely yeah. agree with you about the editorial oversight that yeah it, it seems like there is at some step of the process a miscommunication an editorial miscommunication given yeah. that there's already been a translation issue on a main character's name <laughs> I, i've got to be real with you the my pet theory is that this person was running with the fact that there's a character named Lulu. That's because, fair. you know, like, nothing in the story suggests that Lulu is from overseas, except the fact that her name is Lulu. Mm-hmm. So maybe she just kind of assumed, because there are manga that do that, and this manga is sort of set in, like, a weird Japan-adjacent, not-quite-the-real-world heightened yeah. reality. It's not that weird or out there to assume without extra context that the correct translation of Breha's mom's name would be Leia. Yeah. Especially if for some reason it's written with uh, Katakana rather than um, Kanji. It would, I can imagine Breha's mom's name being written in Katakana, honestly. I will say on the the Yuripedia fandom page, she does have a Kanji name. Yes, yeah, so the problem is that I don't think it, was, it is written in uh, Kana in most. I don't think it is. Oh, I was also wondering weirder. if it was a reference, like a side reference to the Greek goddess. I, don't, I think it's also pronounced Raya, spelled differently. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely definitely some kanji. I can't read those. Her name does have the A for that has um I, like like um love, the character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and yeah, her name is almost always in everything I've seen written with kanji. You know whose name is written with kana quite often that I think? Eureka's. Hmm. Which yeah, explains I- why some translations spell it as uh, Eureka, like the exclamation. Yeah, that... I saw that a few times, and I I think it sparked rage. I don't know. It sparked something in me. I was like, this just doesn't seem right. I don't yeah. like this. It seems like they're doing my girl dirty, even from her name. And I hate that she's the one that I was like, oh no, I like this one. Who looks like he's a hot guy. <sighs> what is it with all y'all people and like... <laughs> I have read this with four cis women, and every single one of them has loved your I think it's not even my fave. I love her in spite of myself. Like, it's just like, you know, I see the character the way she could be, not the way that she is. <laughs> so, what you're saying is, I can fix her. Oh my god! Pay for her fucking therapy sessions. Are you kidding me? I'm not gonna fix that mess. So, Ginko's mom is basically shocked by the knowledge that Kureha is the person who Ginko wants to move in. So she definitely knows who that is. The girls are making curry for dinner back at the house. Mild curry with honey, bean soup, and a big salad. It sounds really good. Yeah, it really does. Uh, Everyone says everything looks delicious when Ginko's phone starts ringing. Ginko just is initially going to ignore it because the curry is more important. But then she realizes her mom is calling and excuses herself to take the call. And Lulu and Kureha kind of speculate about some stuff and note that Lulu, despite having memories of Ginko as a kid, uh, has never met her mother. So apparently the two of them have not been living together for some time. Ginko's mom kind of mentions over the phone like, hey, I heard you made friends with Lulu and Kureha. Are you in love with Kureha? Ginko very understandably goes, why would you bring that up? <laughs> oh no, Ginko, I understand. You're my precious daughter, but she will never love you the way you love her. Panda's notes here just say Katra in the last season of She-Ra be like, Oof, She literally Oof. like says that. Like, oh, Adora will never like me. Not in the way that I like her. A little bit. Ginko just goes like, is it because I'm a bear? And her mom says, Absolutely. There is a wall of severance between humans and bears that cannot be overcome. So you have to eat Kareha. If you do that, you can become one forever. Hardvor, the only <laughs> path to romance. I will say, like, the wall of severance stuff, especially in the manga, just feels like, you know, you had a term paper and you had to, like, drop some vocabulary words in there. And it's just like, <laughs> I haven't used that in a few paragraphs. We gotta throw that in real quick. I- I- I'm just gonna be real. The Yuri Kuma manga feels an awful lot, despite the fact that it predates Beastars. <laughs> like, someone was writing a very normal, cute Yuri manga, and then in the middle, Ikuhara got really into Beastars. You know? Yeah. <laughs> this is not the first time that I have seen Yuri Kuma and Beastars compared in this way. Can we get the handshaking meme and it's just like Yuri Kuma, B-stars, and the hands are joining on using predation both as a metaphor for violence but also for the for toxic forms of attraction that might be able to be sublimated to something positive. <laughs> so Ginko just refuses to eat Kareha and Ginko's manga's like, 
Oh no, you'll totally be able to eat her. You're my child, after all, which implies that she has straight up eaten someone. Because she says it. Yep. In the other room, Lulu wonders what's taking Ginkgo so long, uh, and then notices that Korea has a picture of herself and her mom uh, as her phone wallpaper, and goes like, oh, you two look alike. And yeah, like, at the end of the, the phone call, Ginkgo's mom just goes like, oh yeah, I totally ate a human girl. And that girl was Albert Einstein. Korea has been- <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was chapter seven. It sure was. Chapter eight actually picks up with the phone call in progress. We do get a splash page with Ginkgo with a target on her, which I think undersells the fact that Ginkgo is on her knees against a wall in the very cute bear costume. That's true. Which implies that looking back at whoever is... It's not a target, it's a crosshairs. Yeah, that's what what I meant. <laughs> yeah, which is important because that implies that someone is holding her at gunpoint. Yes. Which is appropriate because the beginning of this chapter, chapter literally is, I, I came here to have a good time and I'm just feeling so attacked right now. <laughs> so she continues the phone conversation with her mom, and she has apparently never heard this story before about her mom eating a human person. And... She's shocked to hear it and asks the very understandable question of, why did you eat the girl you loved? Oh, it's because I loved her. Ginkgo's mom is a little bit fucked. <laughs> a little? Just a little. Tiny, tiny bit. Uh, Lulu asks more questions about Koreha's mother and, you know, kind of goes like, hey, did your mom, like, get sick or something? And Koreha says that her dad and all of the other adults in her life did not tell her. This is the only version of this story where Koreha has a human father who we hear mm-hmm. details about of any kind. I totally didn't even pick up on that. <laughs> yep. It, the anime just literally never confirms whether or not Rhea had a husband or oh. Koreha had any kind of biological yeah, father. Mm-hmm. that's right. She, she, she just has a kid, and then the anime's weird surreal world, she might have reproduced asexually. We just don't know. I like to think I was that gonna say Raina reproduced by budding. Yeah, a little bit. That's that's how I kind of pictured it. Yep. And Koreha kind of admits, you know, maybe it's better if I don't... Oh no, Lulu is the one who kind of goes like, hey, maybe it's better if you don't know. And Koreha responds, no, even if the truth is hard to deal with, uh, I really want to know what actually happened because I love my mom. Mm-hmm. Which is a very understandable thing for her to think. Cut to Ginko's mom still talking about bears on the phone. And she divides uh, all of existence into bears that eat humans and humans that are afraid of bears. And reinforces the idea, hey, if Koreha finds out what you really are, she'll never love you. The only way you can experience that love is to devour her. And Ginko goes, fine. If that's the case, I just won't let her find out. I refuse to eat Koreha. I will be pretend to be a human forever. And Ginko's mom just kind of needles her and goes, oh, lying to someone you love doesn't sound like real love. To which Ginko literally responds, I hate you, goodbye. Fair. <laughs> I would absolutely have responded like that, so good for Ginko. So after Ginko hang- hangs up, Yurieka kind of go- asks Ginko's mother, hey, what's wrong? Well, Ginko said she hated me. And Yurieka reminds her, hey, don't cry, Ginko is a literal 15-year-old girl, and 
there is no 15-year-old anywhere who doesn't talk back to their parents. God, she's really such a child herself, though. Like, that's what really struck me about this scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's that's kind of the point. Ginko's mother has mm-hmm. no maturity. You said earlier, like, the joke in the notes about, is Ginko okay? No, she's not. I mean, neither is her mom. Ginko's mom is... Her mom is... She's got some stuff occurring. Yeah, very, yeah. So... Ginko looks out the window the next day at school. We get kind of a reiteration of the idea of everything in the world is bears, but only people from her family can see. And then she sees Kuriha and wonders where Kuriha's going. And for the first time, I think in the manga, she admits that Kuriha looks delicious. Mm-hmm. I won't eat her, but if I just lick her, it's okay, right? <laughs> <laughs> Panda's notes here say the word eyes emoji. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and I just lick her. Mm-hmm. Normal heterosexual thoughts. Yeah. I don't think you get much straighter than that, actually. <laughs> wow. Just wow. So Lulu kind of shows up and goes, Hey, Curry has going to her club. Also, I'm dressed like a rabbit. I got these from a friend. Ginko cannot believe a bear would wear rabbit ears. <laughs> and Lulu just goes like, oh yeah, I joined the cosplay club. Well, is Kareha in the cosplay club? No. The chess club? No. The literature club? Uh, Pandasotes immediately go, she's in the gun club, isn't she? Which, <laughs> yes! Kareha is in the rifle shooting club. Kareha is an Olympic level shooting champion. In Japan, no less. Yes, uh, which is probably the entire reason why we have the backstory surrounding Kareha coming from a traditional bear hunting family, to explain why she knows how to use a hunting rifle. Yeah, in America, just be like, oh, you're from a small town, you know how to use a hunting rifle? Yeah, that checks out. But yeah, Ginkgo has this fridge horror moment of realizing, oh no, my girlfriend's super into shooting bear. Could be could be super into shooting bears. It asks like, it, why is there a shooting range at the school? And Curry Hug confirms, I don't know. This is just like a a sports range. Like this gun doesn't even shoot real bullets. It's just a laser rifle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a thing that actually gets used outside of laser tag, but I'll buy it. I have friends that live in the UK who have been to a shooting range that uses laser rifles because like you can't just yeah. have like a normal gun shooting range over there. Yeah. My my thought for like how you would want to do that would have been an airsoft range of some variety. Cause the way she was standing and shooting, it looked like the gun had kick. Yeah. But that that's a personal, like that's an incredibly minor quibble. She does confirm when another student asks, uh, Kareha does confirm that she has shot real guns while abroad, which means she's gone traveling to go shoot stuff. And, oh, that's right, it is on her dad's side. That's why, probably why the translator got confused. Yeah. I got that mixed up. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Kareha kind of goes like, yeah, my dad's a Matagi. Uh, they are famous for hunting bears. And yes, they are traditional winter hunters of Hokkaido and Tohoku, which are kind of they're in northern japan they are super super they have super super severe and cold winters 
and they're mountainous. Mm-hmm. So it's time for Ginkgo to have a real uh, bad day because a care package comes in for Kureha, including a wooden carving of a bear, which, you know, has a little fish. It's actually the one that gets used for target practice in the anime. Mm-hmm. And it also has bear meat and bear bile and pelts. Yeah. The complete package. Uh, which Ginko, because of her perception of the entire world as bears, is kind of perceiving as like, oh no, this is a person. So Korea's father apparently sent it as a thank you for allowing her to stay with Ginko and, you know, Yurieka. Uh, Yurieka is able to kind of like play it off and go, oh, that, there was no need for your father to be so kind. And Korea has just like, I don't worry about the bear. When she misinterprets the fact that Ginko's a little horrified by the bear meat and goes, oh, no, no, don't worry about it. It's, it's chewy, but it tastes great. <laughs> Which causes further French horror as Ginko realizes that Koreha has eaten a bear before. So Koreha wants to use the meat to make her family's traditional bear stew as a little thank you. And Yurieka manages to save Ginko and goes like, hey, sorry, our... Our family's allergic to bears. <laughs> and Lulu kind of goes, uh, I can't eat it either because it seems weird. Kareha just goes like, oh, I'm a little bummed, but I can send it back. There's no way I can eat all the meat by myself. Uh, Lulu ends up taking the bear carving because she really likes it. Kareha does want to ask her something, but she runs off to bed. And this is where Kareha is still quite perceptive. So she's very much clocked that like, Okay, this is not a normal, I don't, uncomfortable with game meat reaction. There's something weird going on here, and I think Lulu knows something about it. So, Ginko goes to bed, thinking about the fact that humans can eat bears, and we get a dream sequence, which just, this is the weirdest shit. So, the student council show up, like, as their life counterparts. Mm-hmm. We get life sexy doing to eat or not to eat. That is the question. <laughs> to which Ginko is confused and he admits he just wanted to quote Hamlet. <laughs> the three lives kind of, you know, banter around a little bit. And Life Beauty just goes, humans will eat anything. They're complete savages, which is absolutely true. <laughs> Ginko is still... Deeply distressed by the fact that Kureha enjoys eating bear meat. Panda's notes, guess it's only fucked up when the girl you put on a pedestal does it, but natural when you want to do it. Yes, that is the text. (laughs) (laughs) That is actually the text of what's going on here. This is very much me sowing me reaping. Yeah. So we get Ginko's mom mentioning, like, you should eat Kureha running through Ginko's mind again. And in her mind, Ginko's mother encourages her by saying, It is better to love than be loved. It is better than to eat than to be eaten. Now be brave. And Kureha wakes up to Ginko undoing the buttons on her pajamas. And when Kureha asks what Ginko is doing, Ginko is th- thinks to herself, I'm going to eat Kureha to prove I love her. So she licks Kureha's face and bites her neck, thinks that Kureha is delicious. Kureha is... Not opposed to this experience. (laughs) And then Ginko stops and starts crying, admits that she can't do it. And when Kureha asks what's going on, Ginko 
admits that she wants to eat Kareha, but if she does, Kareha will die. And she is not sure how to deal with that. So Kareha goes, please clarify that in English. In a way that I can understand. Yep. Ginko kind of goes, I don't want to tell you. And Kareha's like, maybe you should have thought about that before you started biting me. <laughs> she's taking it pretty well. She's just yeah. so focused on Ginko and Ginko's feelings. She's just like, we're not going to unpack that right now. Yeah. And Kareha points out like, you know, everyone knows about this but me. And I'm the only one who's left out. It's obvious Yurieka and Lulu know. Even though we're friends, Ginko, what's going on? And Ginko kind of realizes, oh no, Kureha's angry with me, but also it's cute. <laughs> and so she kind of finally admits what she, the whole bear thing. In Ginko's defense, Kureha's angry face is very cute. <laughs> it is a very cute angry face. She's got little puffed out cheeks and everything. <laughs> so having kind of explained everything... Uh, Kureha finds Lulu hiding behind the couch, and Lulu admits she's known about Ginko's bear thing since they were little. And Kureha says, honestly, uh, more surprising than the space bear theory I had. So she asks Lulu if Ginko is, ha is delusional, and Lulu says, yes, absolutely. Ginko's mom, the queen, has kind of imposed this on her. She phrases it that as Ginko having been locked up in the bear world that her mother created. She's been all alone in the invisible storm. Again, the manga does not really know what the invisible storm is, but there is a very little sad panel of bear Ginko <laughs> yeah. in the snow. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that as of this chapter, the invisible storm might be child abuse. <laughs> so... Koreha is just like, why would a mother do that to a child? Uh, and Lulu just goes, you really, the only reason you'd ask that question is because your parents loved you. <laughs> Which, oh. ouch. Koreha just goes like, well, fine. If that's the case, I'll just shoot the evil bear queen and save Ginko. Koreha has gone straight from, I love Ginko and want to be her friend, to I will kill her mother to make her life better. <laughs> Lulu has a very hilarious face here and also points out, Kureha, you don't even have a real gun, which Kureha's like, yeah, fair, I wouldn't actually be able to shoot her, and even if I did, I couldn't erase all the wounds in Ginko's heart. Mm -hmm. I wonder how I should deal with this situation. And that's the end of the chapter. And we have some bonus chapters. It's mostly just some cut content from the previous chapter, but I know that Abby has to get out of here on like a time limit. I don't. Do we have? Oh, we have time. Yeah, my thing starts at eight. Well, I mean, it's only a few pages, but I just want to make sure because now we should be good. Okay. All right. Let Let's speed run this. Yeah. All right. So apparently, all of these extra pages are stories and ideas that didn't make it into the manga because of page limitations in the original magazine. Or just like didn't it didn't go with the flow of the chapter or whatever, but yep. each one has identifying information about where it would have gone in the book. Yep. So the first cutscene is from chapter two, which from it taking place after Ginko and Koreha run away from the flasher. Life Prez is like Ginko, leave the flasher to me, because we are men. 
Life Beauty, aka I am going to assume Life Vice Prez, goes like, "Oh, Life Prez, you're so cool. Go get him. Are are you coming with me?" Uh, Life Cool, who I will refer to from now on as Life Treasurer, goes like, <laughs> "It would be kind of irresponsible if he went alone." So he calls the security guards to go with him rather than volunteering himself. <laughs> and Life Prez is like, "You know what? I, I'll just deal with this on my own. Actually, <laughs> you all are idiots." Chapter five. Uh, is the next cutscene. It picks up the day after Lulu karate kicks Life Prez, and Life Prez is talking to her and goes like, hey, you should join the karate club. She says, nah, I don't really want to do that. No, seriously, it would be a waste of your talent if you didn't. She kind of goes, I really hate karate uniforms, though. I, I prefer, like, cute skirts and stuff. You could do karate in a skirt. Mind blown! Lulu loves this idea, and Kureha just, like, walks up and goes like, wait a minute, because she has probably thought what I've thought, which is, wait a minute, karate has a bunch of high-kick moves. Like, Prez, you're a piece of garbage. Also, we get another panty shot for Lulu in this deleted scene. Of course we do. It, it is exactly what you think it is. The next cut beat is from Chapter 8. I've noticed that a lot of these cut beats are stuff with the life boys, by the way. Yeah. That's the running theme here. <laughs> Gengo and Kureha are walking to school, and Kureha goes, even after everything that happened last night, this is, so this is taking place immediately after the big revelatory conversation. Mm -hmm. Kureha thinks about how even though every after everything that happened, Ginko is still happy at school. But now she's deeply aware that, like, this is to some extent maybe a facade. Mm -hmm. And as Kureha's wondering what to do, she wanders past Life Prez. And he's like, hey, did something happen with Ginko? Uh, to which Kureha's like, it's not important. Life Prez is just like, hey, I noticed that you're living together now. And he says a weirdly wholesome thing. <laughs> which starts with, I'm sure it's given you a place to see the good and bad in each other, but it means you hold important places in each other's lives. Do your best. I will! Two girls together, huh? It's a rare pairing, but I think it's wonderful. Fresher than the usual heterosexual pairing. I, I don't mean that in a bad way. Congrats, I hope you two find happiness! <laughs> I posted an out-of-context <laughs> panel from that on Twitter a couple of days ago. Uh, to which Curry is just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Which is fair. The the bit that I posted was just him saying, two girls together, huh? It's a rare pairing, but I think it's wonderful. It's fresher than the usual heterosexual pairing. I, I'm gonna be real. This feels a little bit like someone subtweeting Iguara. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so, apparently the next scene was was cut due to page limitations rather than just, you know, this doesn't seem like it would have worked. It's the student council boys sitting together and Life Prez is like, yeah, I think Kiko and Kureha are, you know, together. And Life Vice Prez is like, hey, Life Prez, are you thinking of a plan to steal Ginkgo? Nah, I would never think do that. It would be different if her partner was a man, but I would never do anything to make a woman cry. So I think he may be acknowledging here that, in fact, he understands 
what gay people are. Oh, absolutely. Like, he definitely, the joke is that technically they are not 100% in a relationship, or at least as far as Kareha is concerned. But, like, he has He's this already figured kind out of before kind they, of they have it figured out. But Which also, is very like, funny. It is technically a misunderstanding of the exact current state of things. Yeah. So my vice pres is like, hey, maybe they'll ha- let you have a threesome with you. <laughs> and life press is just like, okay, first of all, never say that to a lesbian couple, even as a joke. They'll tell you to watch porn instead. Or that they've been told that a million times. Or they'll just get pissed and ask you if you think it's a funny joke. You have to be very careful. Life Treasurer, being the only one of these three to have a brain cell, realizes what's going on here and just goes like, Life Press, how many lesbian couples have you pissed off? (laughs) (laughs) Which, yeah. 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 A lot of them all. And that's the end of all of the deleted scenes. That was all of the material from this volume. Yep. Finished it up. And in true... Tokyo pop fashion the next several pages after that are uh, just advertisements for other Not the Tokyo credits, pop manga just oh yeah yep. so yeah that was volume one uh how did you all feel I mean I came around I kind of liked it yeah I think it definitely picked up and kind of came into its own especially in the last few chapters yeah Alice how about you I'll say this I definitely appreciate this manga more than I used to. It was a lot more enjoyable this time around. Mm-hmm. I definitely prefer the anime still, but this one has a lot of charm and a lot of interest to it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find a way to say, what if you were wildly irresponsible, but in a good way? <laughs> it's just kind of like, I get to make the manga. Um, it's my manga, so I get to make it as weird as I want, the manga. Well, that's a a little bit what Chiyo Saito wanted to do with Utsuna, so, like, I respect that. Yeah, it's, I kind of respect it, too. Like, I enjoy that it's, it's letting itself do a lot of the same things, but from an entirely different aesthetic Mm -hmm. angle. And that's fun. Also, it has the word telos in it, and that amuses me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I liked it. I feel like this manga has been very, very cute. I am kind of excited to cover the material in chapter two, or uh, volume two, rather, as we head into what I could only describe as uh, the real Yurikuma manga starts here. Oh, boy. So I'm very excited for our next recording when we get to that. I'm sure that'll be interesting. Uh, Abby, how has this, uh, have you, do you feel any different about this? having read it now versus having read it for the first time as your initial Yurikuma experience? Um, not, on, I mean, not particularly in the first volume. Like, I still think it takes sure. a little while to get into its own. I think especially talking with y'all, you know, I appreciate the, the art style a little more and kind of what they're doing. Because, like, mm-hmm. the thing is, like, the the fan service and such in both the anime and the manga aren't really my thing. Yeah. But I do appreciate a little more what they're doing, especially on reread. Yeah, and I think it is interesting, you know, kind of knowing kind of where some of the characters are going to go, like Yurieka, which is much different than the anime version. Very yeah. different. 
it's kind I'm of very afraid I, yeah versus the, the anime version i still don't like her character arc in the manga but like there's a good character in there damn it <laughs> there's a good arc there somewhere i believe i believe yeah but yeah so it's just kind of seeing a little bit how things were set up even if it is like there are still elements like the invisible storm and everything that I'm like, no, yeah, that still wasn't explained. It doesn't make more sense <laughs> on reading it. So that's kind of validating. But yeah, I mean, I appreciate the, even on, on reread, the character moments, especially Lulu is a delight, you know, kind of her chemistry with the other characters, I think is really good. Do love. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's that, then listeners, if you would like to follow this show on Twitter, you can do that at Cast. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Mpantanata. Alice, where can people find you online? They can find me at Lyrewolf, which is L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F on Twitter. And Cass, where can people find the podcast that you and Alice do? Uh, if you want to see more of Alice's in my work, you can check out Big Steppy, a giant robot anime podcast. Uh, you can find us wherever podcasts are hosted, and you can find the official Twitter account at SteppyCast on Twitter. And Abby, where can people find you online, should you wish to be found? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Abby Say Swords. That's A-B-B-Y Say Swords. And listeners, if you'd like to support this show, we have a Patreon. You can find that at utanacast.com or at imagineandutana.com. And if you would like to get in touch with us to come on this show, you could email us at imagineandutana at gmail.com or you can fill out the form that is in the pinned tweet on our Twitter page. And uh, I, I think that is all of the things except the fact that I reblog Utena fan art at imagineutena.tumblr.com. But after that, gal gal. Gal gal. Look for the. Fan.